This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Get rid of your credit card debt, get a lower monthly payment, and skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to save thousands with SaveWithConrad.com. Find out how much money you can save right now at SaveWithConrad.com. are about to be spoken here on the extreme life of matt hardy presented to you by the ad free shows network and podcast he of course him john apple joined as i am every single week by the broken one the woke one the spoken one himself from the hardy compound this week he is mr matt hardy looking colorful my friend it's a colorful room <laughs> i just uh, i just come in here this is not truly my lair or my habitat i just come in here and hang out every every so often that's true that's true this this is the house of Rebby Hardy at the end yeah, of the this day. Is, this is definitely Queen Rebecca's realm in here. Yes. Well, it's great to see you, my friend. What a, what a weekend it was for you. Double or nothing. Rumor has it, according to the Matt fact that hit the internet, you own Ethan Page's contract, bitch. Yeah, there's no rumors about it. That is Matt fact. Unbelievable. That is, that is reality. What hey, a it, it, couldn't, it couldn't have happened to a better guy. What a turn of events. You, yes, it Jeff, is time to exchange the experience. You, Jeff, and Hook defeat the Ass Boys and Ethan Page on the buy-in for double or nothing. And as a result, Matt Hardy owns Ethan Page's contract. What can we expect with this? <clears throat> well, in something that I expect you would have seen tonight on Rampage, uh, you will see that my goal is not really to make Ethan Page's life hell. I mean, I told him very honestly that whenever he had my contract, he made my life hell, but that, that is not my goal. That is not my mission. My mission is to try and make him a, a better quality human being because I see a lot of potential in him and he's, he's married. He's got a couple kids and he's a, he's a good father, but we've just got to, we've got to trim that ego down. We've got to trim that ego. We got to get that ego in check. And I think I can turn him into something special. I mean, when I say exchange the experience, I don't mean I'm going to make his life hell like he made mine hell. Um, we're going to exchange the experience. I'm going to show them how you should treat someone that is your employee, that is your understudy. I'm going to show him the right way to do it as opposed to the wrong way to do it, which is the route he took on me. Does that mean there's not going to be any pettiness? Because I still think I mean, there'll, 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 be, there'll be some pettiness. But it's going to be, it's, it's going to be from a, a position of fun. I mean, I've, I've got to teach him. Sometimes... Sometimes even those people you see that have potential, sometimes you have to give them some tough love to uh, get them where you need them to go. And I think that's definitely going to be the case here. I mean, I, I definitely am going to have him report to the Hardy compound. I'm going to have the kids 
put him in charge of some of their chores. I'm going to have senior Benjamin put him in charge of some of his chores. Uh, you know, we got to just get him back to basics, man. We've got to, we really got to trim the fat off that ego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will they be more Owen Hart style ribs than Michael Hayes style ribs? <laughs> uh I, w- I would say so. They'll, okay. they'll, they'll, they'll probably be more good-hearted than from a, right. a, a place of evil, <laughs> so to say. But there will still be some there, even uh, you know on the segment, which I'm assuming airs on Rampage. Once again, I don't, I'm not 100% certain. And uh, it should. You will see that I'm going to give him a little bit of a hard time. And as long as he listens to what I'm saying and as long as he tries his best to follow through with what I'm asking of him, uh, I'm going to be easy to work with. I'm going to be an easygoing guy. But if not, then I told him, man, I'd, I'd hate to have to put one of those $50,000 fines on you. They're, they're nasty things. Mm-hmm. I'm sure his wife wouldn't be too happy about that. You know, He didn't necessarily have the 50000 thousands like I had the 50000 I was going to say, me, Ethan but. Page does well, but he doesn't do Matt Hardy well. Yeah, so you know, he uh, he better keep it in a and check, or I'll hit him with that nasty $50,000 fine. I got hit with three of those while I was with him. You did. You did. I did. I mean, look, you took a little bit of an ass-whooping in that match. It was a pretty intense match between the six of you guys. What did you think of the match, and how good did it feel to have Jeff back out there? <clears throat> I liked the match. I enjoyed it. Um, that was my first time working with uh, another second-generation act, that being Austin and Colton Gunn. Uh, I was impressed with them in the ring. And uh, I look forward to working with them again in the future. Obviously, I've worked with their father many, many, many times throughout the years, especially when the Hardy Boys were kind of really getting hot, really getting heated up. We did quite a bit with the New Age Outlaws against the the Road Dog Billy Gun, uh, the Road Dog and Billy Gun. <clears throat> so it was it was nice to step into the ring with their kids. I was really happy with their performances, and, and I, I really Colton started the business really, really fresh and just kind of like out of nowhere. He's really impressive how quickly he has caught on to stuff. So, yeah, I, I like Colton and Austin Gunn, and, and I really look forward to working with him more. And I, and I think that you might see uh, a little bit of Hardys and the Guns coming up in the next few weeks of AWTV. If you ever feud with the acclaimed, I think you got to run with Willie Gunn. I liked Willie Gunn there as a little bit of an insult. So just keep that in <laughs> mind for Daddy S. How did it feel to have Jeff back in there with you? Good. Uh, Je- Jeff was very nervous all, all throughout the day. So I just can't wait. I can't wait until we get this shit over with. He just <laughs> he was ready to get through that match. He just wanted to get it done. And it, it's so funny because even, you know, Jeff said, I know people are going to have low expectations for me. They think I'm not going to be good. Uh, they think I'm not going to be crisp. And he it was in great shape cardio wise, everything else. He was in great ring shape as far as that goes. So we, and it was Jeff's decision. We programmed one specific spot where it looked like he made an error, which he didn't make an error. And it was specifically just to stop it after he made this big, beautiful comeback. Right. And just the, uh, the amount of people that is still so easy to get in pro wrestling, just, you know, it never ceases to amaze me, especially when something is done intentionally. Uh, you're you're referring to the whisper in the wind spot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes there's things done intentionally for the, you know, just, for the help of telling a certain story because we got to the point and, and like it was the original thought at the beginning of the night was that I would beat Ethan. And I, I don't think I needed to beat Ethan. I did it in that firm deletion. To me, that was my moment. 
and doing it like in a cinematic match here at the Hardy Compound. That's as good as it gets, I feel like, for me, getting my comeuppance on Ethan. Uh, and then it could have been Jeff or Hook. And both Jeff and I decided that Hook should ultimately take the finish. So we're going to highlight Jeff, let him be a big star, let him go make a kick-ass comeback, do all this stuff. And then to segue to getting Hook in there for doing the finish, that is why we implemented that Jeff Hardy slips on the whisper in the wind spot, you know, to get hook in there and let hook ultimately take the finish and, and get the win and, you know, get the rub by winning the match that includes, you know, Matt Jeff Hardy. I know there's going to be people out there. Be like, oh, listen, them just trying to cover up for a, a big botch well, that happened. Of, but of but course I there is, but, but you can't care or listen to those no. people. And it is what it is. But I said this to me when I was watching the match, I thought, it was an intentional spot watching it because we've watched enough Hardy matches on this podcast. Well, where I've seen Jeff do that spot before. Yeah. And there were a couple tells for me. They, they went right into heat off of it, which was a big tell for me. Number one. And, and also we talk about it every week here. Whenever Jeff comes up, Jeff is such a good seller. He emotes so well when he's selling. So when you put a spot like that in a match, it's a very easy way to get sympathy on the baby faces and to turn the tide of the match. It made a lot of sense to me. I, he did take a pretty hard spill off of it, and I was concerned how he landed. But everything's all good with Jeff? He's all good to go here? Yeah, he was fine. And in, in full transparency... Uh, he he wanted to go up and just slip the one leg off, but he got his one leg caught over the top rope a little bit, which is something he didn't plan to do. But, you know, the slip was obviously something that had been thought about ahead of time. So it, it was okay, though. It was hard and it looked nasty. And, like, everybody thought, oh, my God, that looked so crazy. Was he all right? Yeah, he, he was fine. What do you think of the pay-per-view as a whole? Uh, I haven't got to watch back all of the pay-per-view because we actually did our match. Uh, we recorded our stuff, uh, our post-match, we recorded our stuff for TV, and then we were straight out to the airport to get back home to, to see our families and kids. So what what I did see of the pay-per-view, I, I liked. I, I will go back when I have a free moment and try mm -hmm. and watch it all. I, I thought that Chris Statlander uh, coming out, I, I thought that was a good moment. And I, and I liked how they uh, had already had that pre-built in because Jade had done something where she called out like three extras or whatever and beat them over and over. And then like Mark's uh, Mark Star, uh, Mark Sterling for calling, uh, you know, another competitor out. She'll win again. That gives Jade a very good out too for this. And I think he could lead to her becoming a, a fan favorite at the end of the day. So I, I like that. And it was a, a great return for Chris Statlander and, and they made it into a big deal. And I like that moment. I think Jade is going to be a big time baby face in AEW and a big time star. And she naturally exudes that. I love Chris Statlander too. I'm with you entirely. It's always fun for me, Matt, to see individuals that I came up on the indies with make it and do really well. Chris Statlander was one of those people who, man, I started working with Chris six, seven years ago and seeing her reach where she is right now, get that kind of response. It's so fulfilling and rewarding to see people get what they deserve and get those flowers. And uh, that's why I love seeing Wardlow get his moment in his match with CLP. I really like that ladder match a lot. I'm not sure how much you saw of it, but I do know you saw the ode to Jeff Hardy Swanton yeah. spot that Wardlow hit. What do you think of that? Uh, yeah, I, I dug that. And actually, I saw Wardlow, uh, Wardlow earlier in the day, and he showed us the gear he wore, which was really cool. And he said, like, once again, it was an homage to Matt and Jeff Hardy and the Hardy Boys. Uh, he, he had green and purple on it, and he had on both sides, like this singlet on the very bottom, there were little cuts in it, and it was like the material that Jeff, uses for like his armbands, you know, the pantyhose that he cuts up. 
Uh, so, so that was that was really cool, man. And he'd said that he said, "Is that cool, man? Like it, you know, the pay per view. I want to wear gear that's kind of like a, you know, respect to you guys." I said, "Man, that'd be, that'd be amazing." And we took that picture with him at the end, and uh, and then I, I grabbed a couple copies of it too. And you know, he said, "Like, oh, this was such a cool moment, and I was so happy to do this in front of you guys." And you know, we saw the very end of it. We uh, took that picture to kind of to document these events because these events must be documented. Uh, but yeah, very proud of him, man. And I still, I think there is a ton of potential there in Wardlow going forward. I think he can be a big star, be a big deal. I thought your boy CLP was pretty fantastic in that ladder match for the record. I really did. I thought he, I think there are a few people in wrestling who know their role as well as Christian Cage does. And he really does everything he can to maximize his opponents. And it's easy to hate him when he walks out in that cut off turtleneck. I mean, come yeah. on now. Come yeah, on. I mean, it, it 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 goes without saying. I'm sure he he killed it. I mean, he's he's one of the best. He's one of the best in this profession. So I'm sure he did did an amazing, great and great job. Orange Cassidy again, the big battle royal win. A lot of fun there. I thought that was exceptional. Orange Cassidy. You know, I'm 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 going to put you on the record on this. We talked a little bit about Orange Cassidy last week, and I said how highly I think of him, and you agreed that you think of him highly. Uh, he was asked in the press conference afterwards, do you feel that you are one of the best wrestlers in the world? And he downplayed himself. No, no way. There's no way that I am. Blah, blah, blah. But I thought watching him in that battle royal and watching what he does every single week on AEW Dynamite and Rampage, whatever show he's on, that there are few people with the versatility and the ability to build anticipation to their comebacks and eventual false finishes like Orange Cassidy can. I'd like to put you on the record here. Where do you think Orange Cassidy sits in the grand scheme of things as far as professional wrestlers and entertainers out there in the industry this year? I mean, I think Orange Cassidy is tremendous. I think he's at the top of that list when it comes to performers in AEW because he he's out there and he's playing a character that is not easy to do, but he's very committed to the bit. He's committed to the gig. Once again, I can tell you how much I respect someone who does that because I did that as Broken Matt Hardy. But if he was just to go out and just be a, a normal, typical, regular wrestler, I mean, he'd be having amazing wrestling matches. He could go out there night in and night out and have like this incredible wrestling match. But I feel like the thing that attracts him to so many fans is the persona, is the whole Orange Cassidy stick. You know, so I, I, I greatly applaud him for doing that. I think he is one of the best wrestlers in AEW. I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the industry right now. I think he has a really, really great confidence in knowing what he needs to do to make the character excel and continue to grow and like connect with people. And on top of that, man, I'm going to, I'm going to make a very strange connection, but I do think there's some truth to this in some ways right now. If you notice this orange Cassidy opens up down in my all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like orange Cassidy to Tony at this stage right now with they're currently at these last few months, in some ways reminds me of the relationship between Vince McMahon and the undertaker. He was like his go-to guy, a guy that he knew could go out and get the job he wanted done, done. And on top of that, those guys were both really good wrestlers, but they played these outlandish and outrageous over-the-top gimmicks. So there, there's a crazy similarity there. Imagine that, hearing Orange Cassidy compared to The Undertaker at any point in your, your podcast. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait for the headlines. Matt Hardy compares Orange Cassidy to The Undertaker, but I think everything you're saying has merit to it, for sure. He is probably the most dependable person that 
Tony Khan has on the roster. Just, just right think now. about this. Tony put him in that battle royal where he was going to go in as the champion and, and retain the title. I mean, that, that speaks volumes right mm-hmm. there. And then how, how many how many times on Dynamite do you see him kick off the show? Yeah. To have a great wrestling match as Orange Cassidy. I yeah. mean, that shows Tony has great faith in him. You know, not only does he enjoy and like him as a person, but he's a big fan of his wrestling style. And he also feels like he does numbers. He feels like he retains an audience. Uh, so he he he's a young guy that is it's his first time ever being a national global star. You know, and Tony's running with him, and and I I respect him for that. CM Punk announced for the debut of Collision. Uh, we heard from Tony Khan this past week that it was David Zaslav, the head of WBD, that pushed for this Collision show to be added. Uh, Punk coming back, a big deal there. Clearly, Matt, big plans, full steam ahead for Collision. How are you guys as a roster now starting to feel about this impending debut of this show and what comes with it? Uh, I mean, we we shall see. I, I mean, once again, as I'd stated last week, and I saw that picked up some headlines, I, I think more than anything else, people just kind of want to know what their schedule is. You know, because when you have a show on a Wednesday, a live show on a Wednesday and a live show on a Saturday, that means the travel is going to take you out Tuesday evening. It's going to bring you back Thursday morning. And that Saturday would be take you out Friday evening, work off Saturday, bring you home Sunday morning. So it's like people just want to have an idea of where they're going to land, I think, more than anything else. As far as how how we're feeling about that show, I mean, honestly, I think people will start determining those feelings once the show starts, I would imagine. And once it starts being produced weekly, you know, I think we'll probably get a good feel of how the show is going to be when it's all said and done. And, you know, CM Punk, he is a huge star. So him coming back is a big deal. It's just going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of reaction he gets. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's, it's probably, I know when the young bucks were in Chicago, you know, they were getting booed out of the building. It very polarizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how CM Punk's reactions are as well. You know, yeah. especially just with how smart the all elite wrestling fans are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I'm curious to see who, he's put with to start as well. I know there's a lot of rumblings out there that could be Samoa Joe. And I'll tell you what, Matt Hardy, if you put CM Punk with Samoa Joe, that's good for business. As far as that, I see, that, it. that's that's probably a best case scenario. I would yeah. guess that's, that's good for business. As far as I see it, uh, I promise you that really cool stuff across the board. Congrats to Sammy, Sammy G and uh, Miss Mello as well for uh, the announcement of their first addition to the gaggle. <laughs> yeah. To them, everyone they're starting, they're starting their gaggle, right? Everyone in wrestling is pregnant these days. It's wild. Alexa Bliss is pregnant. Carmella is pregnant. Now they're going to be popping out a baby. It's uh, who knows? And now all the the attention turns to House Hardy. Uh, but uh, we'll see about that one. We'll see about that one. Uh, I do want to ask you real quick before we get to our episode about your feud with the Young Bucks at Double or Nothing last year. Uh, we saw Seth Rollins did end up winning the World Heavyweight Championship for wwe coming out of that night of champions pay-per-view any thoughts on seth being given the endorsement as the guy there to ring in that new championship uh, I, I like it i'm a fan i'm a fan of seth rollins uh I, I think he was a great call to carry the wwe heavyweight championship world heavyweight championship uh especially being the initial uh, and first champion i like it He's a guy who can go in the ring and he can have a great match with anyone. He's really in tune with what he's doing. And uh, I'm just a, I'm a big fan all around of Seth, Seth Rollins. And I, and I dig that. I think it's a good call. 
don't know if you saw, but his his pants ripped going into the ring on Raw because he's wearing all these outlandish outfits. Right. And he was wearing some skin tight uh, leather there. Just ripped right up, man. It's I like the shirt. The shirt, he's unbuttoning like the top three buttons. That's a very John Alba, Andrew Zarian look. And, you know, I'm all about that. So uh, kudos to Seth freaking Rollins, the new world heavyweight champion. Matt Hardy, we are talking your feud with the Young Bucks from last year's AEW Double or Nothing. It's going to be cool to take a look back at something that happened during the course of this podcast. So without further ado, please, my friend, hit us with your Matt fact. Matt fact, Matt is a windows down driver during hot weather. Now, does that matter whether there's a roof to the car or not? Like, are, if, if you are in a convertible, are you rolling down everything there? You're just flying and with the weather down? Yeah, probably so. I, yeah. I do like it, and that's, that's the old school in me. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, usually I won't even focus on turning the air on. I'll just, like, roll down the windows and drive around. I, I, I love the summer. Anyone who follows Matt Facts knows I have an abundance of Matt Facts to talk about how much I enjoy the summer and – strongly dislike the winter and cold weather but yeah when I, whenever i'm driving around man i would just rather roll the window down and just have the 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 window the the wind in my hair than even run the air conditioning in the car did you guys growing up have central air in the house or anything resembling air conditioning we did we had a we had a wood stove and that is typically what we used as opposed to heat when we were young we would have to get our ass out and chop wood and stuff just to to make sure that we had plenty of, of firewood to to run that mm-hmm. and we did we we had air in our house but i i do remember a lot of times when we drive around that's probably once again just a, a result of just my upbringing as a child too like we would drive around with the windows down especially with work and being hot whatever it may be during tobacco seasoning or during gardening or whatever and just I don't know. It's just something that's kind of stuck with me. It's had a hold of me. I just, I, I love the feel of the, the natural air mm-hmm. blowing in the car when you're driving during a hot summer day. Well, I was going to say, I could see Gilbert Hardy kind of promo on you for having the air conditioning on too long. That's why I was asking. Oh, 100%. If had <laughs> yeah. If, he, if he'd had it where we could get to it, I'm sure. I'm sure he kept it at a pretty respectable temperature so we didn't run up a huge electric wheel. Well, later this month, ready? I'm breaking this for you guys now. now. Ready? Later this month, we will be doing an episode on fatherhood and Gilbert Hardy. So get ready, guys. It's coming, okay? I know you've been asking. I know you've been craving. It's coming in honor of Father's Day this month. To to the individual that asks that every week uh, in the YouTube comments, your day is coming. Your day is indeed coming. Please stop. (laughs) That's all I ask for you. Okay. Let's turn the clocks back a little over a year. We did an episode in the archives, ExtremeHardy.com, about Jeff's debut in AEW and everything that led up to that. And in the weeks that would follow, we'd see you guys mixing it up in some absolutely crazy matches. We saw a tables match between you guys and the Butcher and the Blade. We saw you teaming with Top Flight against the AFO. And then, of course... Uh, we know we've had that insane tornado tag with you guys teaming up with Sting and Darby Allen against the AFO as well. That run of matches that you guys had in the follow-up of Jeff's debut, how did that help get the Hardys back in the swing of things? I mean, it, it did. I think it was kind of tailor-made to us as well. You know, we made our name, we made our career, we became famous of doing 
especially matches and gimmick matches, you know, whether it was a ladder match or the tag team table match and MSG or the TLC matches that we made so famous, we made into a stable of wrestling. I, I think it played to our strengths when it came to doing that. You know, this tornado match, uh, tornado match where we could fight all over the building and it allowed for different scenarios, different instances where you could jump off high things and whatnot or take a bump off high things, whether it's Jeff doing the Swanton, you know, through two tables with butcher and blade on them, or it's private party giving me the side effect off of the stage. So it, it played to our strengths, I think. And even getting in that tables match with Butcher and Blade, once again, a good throwback to some of our battles with the Dudleys. That was a lot of fun. And I think everything about that really built us up strong and just let people know like the Hardys were back. And that was kind of our whole goal and mindset going in to this big pay-per-view match with the the Bucks of Youth. What was the general reception specifically to that tornado match that was just absolutely crazy? Darby and Jeff totally stole the show uh, in that match and seeing your brother just get right back into the fold. What was the reception backstage to Jeff really becoming ingrained here again? It was good. Uh, people, people were hype after it. I, I remember uh, the, the finish didn't go exactly as planned and Sting was very hard on himself, very upset with himself. You know, that was kind of like the only thing that didn't go very smooth in that match, but it was still, it was still all very good. It was very real. What happened at the end, uh, and I, I, I love that match. I'm not going to lie. I, I love matches like that where it's, you know, falls count anywhere, do things differently, and you're not just within a constraint of doing a regular basic wrestling match. I, I love it when you can add in and be creative with things. For you and Jeff to get a chance to team with Sting together on that stage at this point in all of your careers, how meaningful was that for you guys? Very cool. Uh, Sting is someone who I have the utmost respect for and, you know, a guy, I literally when we were becoming a fan of wrestling, I mean, we were big fans of sting. So it's very cool to be able to work with him. You know, I've met him throughout the years, worked with him throughout the years, but just, he's just one of the greatest of all time. No doubt about it. Goat is something that definitely has to be attached to his name. And uh, once again, it was just an honor to be out there with him again. And I feel blessed, you know, any, Anytime we get the opportunity to see Sting in a ring performing is a good day and something I'm very proud to get the opportunity to do. I'd like to know, with you guys coming in as a team here, was there a plan in place initially for you guys to be integrated into the tag team scene a bit? Or was it we're running with these guys. They're going to be major players right away because of the equity that their names carry from a booking perspective, what those conversations were like. I mean, uh, the plan from day one was to, to go with the Hardys. I mean, yeah. we, we've obviously built up uh, a pretty special following over the years and we're ingrained in pro wrestling lore, you know, not just from WWE, but also in TNA and ROH, you know, we've been, in all these multiple promotions and won multiple tag team titles and whatnot. So we've been very blessed and gifted to get the opportunity to, to go down as one of the best well-known and one of the most popular tag teams in history. So yeah, the, the plan was always to move forward with the Hardys as a tag team together. And I think ultimately we wanted to, to get to a point where we, we became challengers for a tag team title and, and win the AEW tag team titles. I ask that because AEW we know has, a myriad of different types of performers. There's that new generation, the pillars, if you will, which was a whole controversial conversation this past week on social media. 
Ricky Starks is a fan, right? Yeah, huge fan. Huge fan of it. Uh, but even Darby, too. I don't know if you saw Darby's gone. Darby was like, I don't really like the moniker either because there's just so much fluidity. With, I, I mean, I'm breaking from conversation flow here, but do you have any thoughts on the pillar conversation? I, I can see. I mean, I, I can see where Darby would be coming from, especially you knowing Darby. I mean, Darby's very reminiscent of Jeff, and he's like, dude, like, don't put a label on me that, like, is bragging about me. Like, I don't want to use that. I don't want to brag about myself over and over. And I, I think it's it's interesting in theory, and I get where Tony's coming from. But once again, it, it's like a lot to have to live up to in some ways too, if you're called a, a pillar of the company. But I don't mind it. I, I get it. I get why Tony's doing it. And 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 I wouldn't say that I wouldn't do it also. But I also get where Darby's coming from, saying like it's a really high standard to have to try and live up to, especially if you're just going out and trying to go out and produce your style of in-ring entertainment each and every week certainly so certainly so um but i I was my point that i was making was you have the pillars types you have the people who are kind of in their prime in the industry right now and then you have the legends in aw there's like those three tiers and aw prior to the hardys uniting together didn't really have that for the tag division so what do you think you guys being together in the tag division brought to that? I mean, I, I think there's an opportunity there to have a program with teams and make it long and competitive and compelling. And then I think you can have the Hardys put someone over and they, they win and it really can make them as a tag team for the long haul because they're legitimately beating one of the greatest tag teams of all time one of the most popular tag teams of all time you know i'm i'm not someone who's just like oh we're the best tag team of all time blah 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 blah. you know like we we've just been very lucky and we've been very fortunate to be placed in the positions we have been and just our track record speaks for itself when it comes to like popularity and you know our title resume and whatnot you know but we still are we are a tag team that will be remembered for a very 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 long time in pro wrestling and we can help a young up and coming tag team kind of move up to the next level by you know giving them a a a very fair and good rub not a conversation we've ever had but how eager is jeff i know you're all about this but how eager is jeff to really work with and enhance younger talent I mean, he, he's, he's all, he's all in for it. I mean, he's always been like that. He's always had the mentality of like, even if he was working with someone that was a big star at that time and, and they, they didn't need it as much as he did. He still wanted to make them look great. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just Jeff's mentality. You know, he has that motto. He'd say like, I shine when I sell. So he was all about going out and, and getting his ass kicked and, and making it like a million bucks. And I feel like we've talked about this before. When Taker and Jeff had that ladder match, obviously Taker's goal was to go out and like make Jeff because he was going to have a competitive match and then he was going to endorse him at the end or whatever. But strangely enough, I feel like it was very important to go out and make Taker seem like he was able to hang with him in that ladder match and and help cement him as a legend, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So I, I think Jeff has always been cool with that down. You know, he's been down with that since day one. I mean, he's never had any kind of selfish mentality. Neither of us have where it's like me, 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 we have to have it all. We, we've both been pretty selfless. And, and I think that's one of the reasons we've both gotten so far. And and maybe that's also one of the reasons 
we both could have gone farther, further if we'd been more selfish, because that is something that the old timers would say, like, when it's your time, be selfish, be selfish, you know, fuck everybody else. It's all about you. When it's your turn, it's your turn. But Jeff and I, that's just, that's, that's not who we are. That's not our mindsets. That's not our our mentality. And and we we would never be like that. Well, a team that followed in the footsteps of the Hardys, the Young Bucks. We did an episode on the Young Bucks in long form in our archives, extremehardy.com. Did you know once Jeff came in that that was going to be the first major team you guys were going to work with? We didn't know right off the jump, but uh, not, not surprising. Uh, we, we knew we were going to get there and, and they, they, they wanted to get there and, and we did too. So, you know, we've been great friends now for a long time. So we, we knew that was something that would be on the horizon probably sooner rather than later. From a comfort standpoint for Jeff coming in, how beneficial do you think that was for him to get a chance to work with them as part of the first major feud? Oh, that was very much, uh, very much a, a big deal. I mean, that was important to him. And, and I think he did feel comfortable because those, you know, those guys are like in their prime right now, you know, and it's just there, there are those times when you're wrestling or you're performing and you second guess yourself once you're older, once you reach that vet status and, and you can't exactly do all the things you used to do when you were, you know, at the top of the game or you were in your prime. And it's always nice knowing that you have guys in there that, that they can help compensate for anything you may like. And I, and I think Jeff felt that comfort and confidence uh, whenever working the young bucks. Mm-hmm. So who comes up with the idea to pair you guys together for the pay-per-view? I, I want to say that was probably probably the Tony and the Bucks. It's probably like a, a, a you know a, a dual decision by both of those guys, and we were definitely on board with that. When do you remember it being first pitched to you? Um, pretty pretty early on. I, I remember because we were wondering if we were going to get a few weeks to do something with private party, which is something myself and Jeff kind of like petition for we said like let's give us a a little angle with these guys and uh you know build up to a match and we'll have a good competitive match with them you know we can move on to to going to do other things too but you know like let's make these guys look as good as possible and i remember uh i remember getting the call like after jeff had debuted and we're getting ready to go to tv the next day says hey are you guys cool wrestling with private party tomorrow let's go ahead and get this match done and taken care of and uh sure yeah if you want to do that so that 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 happened pretty early on um but I, I think that's always something that we can get back to later as far as that goes as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned you're dealing with the Young Bucks in the prime of their career, right? And that's huge for right. the Hardys, too, because where you are in your sure. career, getting a chance to work with a team that is at their absolute peak athletic performance, well, then that's what you're looking for. And the reason they're at their peak athletic performance is because, you know, the Young Bucks, Matt Hardy, are taking AG1s from Athletic Greens, are they not? AG1s for life. How often do you walk into the arena and see Matt Jackson just suckling down a bottle of Athletic Greens AG1? Oh, he does that first thing when he gets up, just like me. It's long before we walk into the arena, arena brother. Uh, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, they take their AG1s first thing. Now, I can say I've given people some good advice, but some of the best advice I ever gave the Bucks of Youth was to take your AG1s first thing every single morning. The Young Bucks are AG1 AF because they're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help them start their day rights. And look, we know the sun rises early in Rancho Cucamonga, so you got to make sure you're getting that in 
apropos. Now, it's lifestyle friendly, too. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, or you're Christian AF, AG1s is there to help you out. Containing less than one gram of sugar with no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good and it supports better sleep quality recovery mental clarity alertness things that we could all use these days the best part about it and maybe ethan page should be listening here man Hardy. it's going to cost him less than three dollars a day for ag1 you're investing in your health it's cheaper than your cold brew habit even if you get slapped with a fifty thousand dollar fine you can still afford ag1 because it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself has Ethan Page been taking his AG1s yet, Matt Hardy? Who has? Has Ethan Page been taking them so far since you signed that contract with him? Of course. I, I that, that was part of the contract. Uh, and it, I'm sure I'll have him on, on here sooner than later to endorse AG1s as well because he's getting a, a, a great return already. Okay. Well, maybe that return is the fact that he's getting a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D with AG1. And how many free travel packs is he getting, Matt? Hmm. Five, Cinco, five, Cinco, five free travel packs. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Hardy. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash Hardy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey guys, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Need to call a timeout real quick here. I wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my world listeners for a while now. It's about all the incredible things happening over on AtreeShows.com. On a bonus episode of Arn, the Enforcer watches back Beach Blast 92 with the ultimate heel and baby face in Rick Rude and Ricky Steamboat. Draw me a baby face. Something that everybody could get behind. Kids, women old folks, young folks, men, you know, all guys wanted to be him. Women, I'm sure, wanted to be with him. Uh, he was the all-around package. On Volume 55 of the Ask Conrad series, Conrad talks about some of his dream podcast partners, including a couple of degenerates. You know, from inside the business and taking over and NXT and all that, I don't think you could get a better podcast partner than Triple H there, just because he's done so much. However, if you're talking about wanting to learn more about the psychology of wrestling and what makes a match and how to develop talent and all that, could you beat Shawn Michaels? Hey, that's just a small taste of what AdFree Shows has waiting for you, including a brand new perk, getting to join in on the live recordings of the shows with four levels to choose from. See for yourself why AdFree Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. That's right. Sign up today at adfreeshows.com. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. 
This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. One of the interesting routes that AEW took was showcasing Jeff in a singles role not long after debuting. And he gets a spot in the Owen Hart Foundation uh, tournament, which, of course, the first time they're ever doing it at this point. Mm-hmm. How much did that mean to Jeff to be tabbed with that opportunity? I thought it was cool because it's someone who actually knew Owen, someone who actually worked with Owen, someone who Owen uh, was very kind to and someone who appreciated Owen from a personal and professional standpoint. So I, Jeff was motivated by that, I feel like. And it, it was such a great cause. So many people were excited at that time to be celebrating Owen Hart and his career and have his family behind it as well. So it was it was a big deal. And ultimately, it was going to end up getting to a point where it was going to be him and Adam Cole. We were going to help Adam Cole out with giving Adam a rub and then also start a quick fix to, to build into our Young Bucks match as well. It was like a, a quick teaser, which really kind of set the pace for where we we're going to go at Double or Nothing last year. And that's where we kick things off here. And a lot of this is happening on being the elite the Young Bucks YouTube show, of course. We start seeing some confrontations between you guys, but nothing is getting physical. There's just a lot of tension more than anything. How did you go about using BT as an avenue to tell these stories? Is that a Young Bucks idea? Are you pitching ideas to something like that? And what kind of reservations are there about putting too much there? Because we're not seeing that stuff on TV. I mean, it's great, though, because the the diehard fan base of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, I would say the elite guys, maybe not all the diehard AW audience, but there's a huge number of diehard elite fans that watch that week in and week out. They watch it religiously. Uh, so we knew that they would follow it because we we're working with the Young Bucks. So obviously we knew they, they, they would watch that. And it's always been like the whole BTE thing. I, I have such great respect for them that they started that and that became like such a big deal. And it was really kind of like the building blocks for AEW in many, many ways, which, which is crazy thinking back in hindsight. But like they've done a great job with that, of being able to like tell stories and, and add these other dimensions and layers to the stories and the characters rather than just like the generic regular storytelling that you see on, on TV. A lot of the stuff is outlandish and it's over the top, but it I feel like it helps give you people's motivations for why things are happening. And, and, and that's cool. It's like a different route to telling stories. And I think there's a, a, a percentage of the audience that greatly appreciates that. So Jeff is in this tournament and he has a match with Darby Allen. This match is probably one of the craziest matches you're ever going to see on AEW TV, free TV. It is this metamorphosis of the Enigma Jeff Hardy and aw's own jeff hardy and darby allen having exactly the kind of match that you thought they were going to have take us behind the scenes of this match what that day was like i think it's one of the most memorable matches in dynamite history quite frankly and seeing these two go at it in the way that they did i remember that darby was hoping to have a program with jeff but then once they were having this match, they knew it was a one-off, a one-and-done. Uh, it was said it's just to be, to be a regular wrestling match. And I just remember Darby asking Jeff, do you think it should be like a stunt show? Jeff said, of course it should be a stunt show. This is like two stuntmen. And then Darby like 
said, like, dude, like, we just want to, like, say the rules are out the window. We want to go nuts out here. Like, if we're going to do this, like, let's do it right. If it's one time only, let's give the audience what they want to see because there's going to be high expectations, you know, that we're going to do, like, crazy, insane stuff. So they did as much as they possibly could, and they fulfilled that time uh, in that way. And I, and I feel like the fans who watched it, they, they weren't let down. You got to see two stuntmen go out and put on a, a pro wrestling match. It was a stunt show. It was pretty insane seeing those two do what they did, especially Jeff at that juncture. How was he feeling coming out of that match? He was fine. He, he was fine in that match. There was no injury suffered in that match at all. You know, I, I know a lot of people, there was a lot of people that had speculation like, oh my God, they're having Jeff do too much where Darby's jumping on him and he lands on these stairs. And Jeff, Jeff was fine after that match. It was like no different than any, any other extreme match that he'd had. He didn't suffer any prolonged injuries from that. He was sore and beat up like any wrestler is the next day, but he wasn't injured. What do you think that match did for Darby Allen? I think it helped to further put him in the conversation with Jeff Hardy as being like this insane risk taker, someone who's willing to put it all on the line to win every single match. And it makes him into a special type of performer as well. Someone where you know you're going to see someone who's going to take death-defying risk, you know, every single time they're out there. And he will do things that you've never seen before in an order or an attempt to, to win a match or to entertain a pro wrestling audience. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, so as these matches are going on again we're seeing more interactions between you guys and the young bucks and there's a lot of tension between you but you never get physical if and i'm not mistaken if i'm not mistaken at the end of the adam cole match uh while i'm checking on jeff there where he was already injured you know supposedly from you know what had happened before uh, the young bucks come in and almost line up like they're going to super kick us if i'm not mistaken but we turn around and, and bust them if i'm if i'm right so, so there was this you were you guys were stressing that there was no physicality between you guys and the young bucks. That was like a big part of this. Like the, you were almost goading them to hit you, but they wouldn't hit you. It was almost as if the feud was being built on the young bucks didn't want to waste their time with these old aging vets that they were in their prime and they didn't have to stoop down to your guys' level. And I thought that was a good element of baiting, baiting them because. There are, it's, uh, you can't deny it, right? There's so much influence from the Hardys with the Young Bucks. So baiting them to, come on. It's like the scene in the joke in, uh, in The Dark Knight when Batman is coming at the Joker on his bike and the Joker's saying, come on, hit me, hit me, hit me. But Batman just won't do it because he doesn't want to stoop to that level. And that's where you guys were kind of coming at here. Before we get into the whole thing that you just mentioned with Adam Cole, I, I mean, what do you think that added to this feud elementally that they wouldn't touch you? They wouldn't go down to that level. I mean, I, I think there it has to be referenced in there, too, that uh, we've made it very known that we were like friends with the, the Bucks and we had mm -hmm. a great respect for the Bucks. And the Bucks are the ones that in reality and in storyline brought me to AEW, you know, so so that had to be our, our relationship was different. It's not like we're like bitter enemies. You know, we are guys that the Bucks grew up idolizing and they aspired to have a run and wrestle a style like the Hardy Boys did and, and be different and kind of carve their own carve their own niche and, and, you know, 
blaze their own trail. So I, I think that was, I think it was solid. I mean, I think it was a, a, a different solid attempt at storytelling. Like, Hey, you know, you guys are these legends. You're these veterans, but like, Hey, we're, we're like the shit right now. We're in our prime. We're the best in the world. And we're not going to waste time with you because we have nothing to prove with you. We've already established ourselves. We have nothing to gain by facing you. And then, you know, we obviously kept calling them out on it. And you asked something about if I was worried about doing more stuff on BTE than I was on TV. Uh, if you notice, and I'll probably say this with the exception of MJF, uh, there's not a lot of promo time on AEW television. So we we knew there was never going to be a point that we we're going to have six or seven minutes to do like an in-ring promo with the Bucks. And that is something that we kind of desired to do, we wanted to do. So we ended up doing it on BTE and we we made it work and it was there and we knew that we'd get to say and do whatever we wanted. And that was obviously all us. So that's why we ended up doing that one segment that you're talking about on BTE specifically. Well, I think we should show the interaction that you have with them. This is after Jeff's match with Darby. Because I think Matt Hardy, this is one of the best promos of your career, quite frankly. And it is you bring the intensity and you provide a lot of leverage for this feud. So I think we should go back and watch this because I do believe this is one of your more memorable promos. This comes from being the elite. Let's take a watch. What did I tell you last week? I said if you are going to stick your noses in our business. Right. Get in our face and punch us. You did say that. I did mention that. Yeah, and I noticed you happened to be standing on the stage. You didn't make your way down the ring. Even though he had a hell of a match, that was he great. went out there and murdered himself. You right? really did. You killed For your company, you guys are the EVPs and everything. Yeah. Hot, why didn't you come down and take a shot? I'll take a shot. Uh, well, it was fun watching from the stage. And Jeff, thanks for sacrificing your body. You guys are working really hard. You guys are great. Uh, God, it was like watching one of those old TLC matches. You flying off the ladder again and, uh, and Darby doing his thing. That was really cool. Guys, uh, we're actually cooler than you now. Uh, the guys that we used to watch on tape, those guys were great, but uh, somewhere along the way, we kind of sur surpassed you a little bit. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean, Matt? I can tell you have that look in your eye. You yeah. know what I'm talking You agree with me, right? No, no, I, you, I don't think you do condescending well. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I can see you're, very, you're speaking very condescendingly. Listen, we're in our primes right now. Our primes. Let's let's question this. Are you guys still in your prime? I don't think so, Nicholas. I don't. No, no, no. We're very honest mm. with who we are. We we are not. We have a a lot more time behind us than we do in front of us. Yeah. And you guys are in your prime. Right. We are. And you are the reason we are here in AEW right now. That's right. We signed your contracts. Yes. And I remember what the number was because I made sure it has to be really big. Tony Khan has to be huge, but not as big as the Young Bucks. As long as as long as you guys are doing well, but just not. Better than us. And there's a part of me that, that greatly appreciates that. Uh -huh. And do you know why we initially took a liking to you guys? Why is that, Matt? Because we saw ourselves in both of you. Oh. One of your shirts, right? Christian AF. That's right. Good kids, good human beings. That, that's kind of what you build a career off of. Sure. You don't do drugs, you don't drink, you don't mess around your, your wife and your, your family men. Right. You know, that's exactly who we were when we started in this industry. 30 years ago. That's right. You know, our mom died of cancer when I was 11 and he was eight. She was a Christian. She didn't smoke. She didn't drink. She didn't do drugs. She, she was by the book, the best person in the, in the world. And to, to honor her, we followed that same path. And whenever we made it 25 years ago on the biggest platform there is, we were just like you guys. And, and 
there's a soft spot in our hearts for you because of that. But I don't think you understand. It was the wild, wild west then. It was a different day. They hazed you. They, they, we went through these things you guys could never, ever survive. Really? Yeah. You could have never survived it. I don't think you understand. The, the, the stuff that him and I have been through, if there are two guys in this business that are stronger than death, that are unkillable, it is me and him. Hell yeah. I promise you, this guy should be dead. He should be dead many times over. You know, people complain like, oh my God, he fell, he knocked himself out and all that. Man, that wasn't shit. I got up and kept kicking. That wasn't shit compared to what I've been through. And in, in the big scheme of things, there will never, ever be two more people more resilient, more unbreakable, more indestructible than me and him, especially two brothers. Did you see the match he had tonight? He's 30 years deep. His body is destroyed. He's not his prime, but we can still whip the shit out of anybody in the front right here and now. Amen, brother. And I'll tell you this. If you two would have had to take the same path that we took to get here, we're survivors. We lived. I don't think the two of you would have made it. I don't think you would have been resilient enough, unbreakable enough, will not die enough to make it. So yeah, we definitely want this match. And even though he's beat up, we threatened you last week. Why don't you go ahead and punch us right now? Go ahead. Yeah, Straight up right here. Come yeah, on, go ahead. Hit yeah, me. Right. Come on. I'll I'm give you the first you. shot. We just want it started. We want it. Come we on. need it. We're cool. Fight Plus is the ultimate digital platform for live sports and entertainment, and they're now offering a free seven-day trial at TryFight.com. Fight Plus is packed with a premium live event schedule, over a thousand hours of live action every year, and a library of more than four thousand hours on demand, plus exclusive content you can't get anywhere else. Fight is a great partner of ours; they support us, so let's support them. Give that free seven-day trial a shot, and you'll be a member for life. That's tryfight.com. T R Y F I T E.com. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. <laughs> when you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. Needless to say, Matt, the intensity certainly there in that promo from you. What do you remember about that one? Did you have any instructions from the Bucks on what to do there? That all seemed like that came from the heart for you. It did. Yeah, that was uh, that was a one and done. We came in and did a one take, and I remember they were pretty blown away at the end. They 
uh, even how passionate I got and and into it. I got now. I remember too. It was one of those promos where I felt I was in the moment, and it felt very real. Like everything I was doing when I was saying this stuff over and over felt very real. And and everything I said in there, I I believe too, which I think that makes it come off much more authentic as well. Well, like that promo, that, that's all you need for the feud. You don't even need anything else at that point. You could have the match right after that. And, and I do wish that we got more of that stuff on AWTV because there's so much emotion, compelling emotion coming from you. And you lay the groundwork for that story perfectly. You could have had the match the next show after that, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's one thing I, I do enjoy those. If, I mean, if I found myself in a scenario where, dude... Uh, I love doing entertainment as much as anybody else. As I say all the time, I'm the guy who played Broken Matt Hardy, so I'm all about entertainment. But I do love those compelling moments like that when you have some sort of issue where there's like a huge chunk of reality in it and you can really speak about something from the heart that you believe through and through and through. And everything I said there was was absolutely real and, and all stuff I believed, and I think it translated to the viewer who was watching it. So as you said afterwards... You get the Adam Cole match where Adam Cole beats Jeff, and then eventually physicality starts. You get an upper hand. They're going to get an upper hand after that. And it takes us to one of my favorite moments ever on AEW television. And you you freaking kayfabed me big time. After we get this match made for Double or Nothing, uh, you kayfabed me big time and didn't tell me that old gang Grizzle was going to be showing up on AEW Rampage the weekend before the pay-per-view out in Las Vegas where the Young Bucks have a match and they make their entrance in full Hardy cosplay with old mentor Gangrel by their side. Brandon Cutler's even there. You guys are full. They are full Team Extreme. And they're doing all the Hardy Boys moves. Eventually, they get the win. They turn on Gangrel. You guys make the save. Super fun segment. The internet loved every element of this. Uh, what do you remember about that night? Yeah, that I mean, the, the entertainment value in that segment overly delivered, without a doubt. Um, and it, it worked out great. Uh, just the fact that we came out at the end, you know, Gangrel, he was just looking looking for a pizza as a payday. And uh, they took advantage of him. And they turned on him, beat him up. And then we came out to, to save and assist our old mentor. And it really kicked it off great. We were really all the groundwork had been laid. Like we'd had that promo, we had a, a tad of physicality, and once again, they kind of personally tried to attack us by imitating us and, and mimicking us. And they're coming out with our old mentor, and then they turn on him and then beat him up as well. So uh, we had everything set. The table was set to really have this match. How did they do impersonation wise? What, what would you give them uh, out of ten um, in terms of how they they pulled it off? Uh, they they. They did good. I was a fan of Matt Jackson's actions. Uh, I love the fact when he did the thing, he did the V1 and, and toppled over the ropes. That was great. <laughs> he even landed on my feet like I did too. That clip's often shortened, but they don't show that I actually caught myself and landed on my feet after PJ Black stepped on the rope and made me lose my balance. Um, you know, uh, Jeff actually painted Nick's face that day, so he oh, wasn't too he? Great face paint. So okay. he cleaned him up so he had the eyes and, and whatnot like that. So that that was uh that was great him coming out and doing the eye thing and just the they're they're both funny man I, and this is no secret to anyone I love the Bucks so much couple of my best friends in the world uh so I, I thought they I thought they killed that segment I thought it was so good and so entertaining and, and it really 
it really set the table for the match. I thought it was uh, it was a different way to end, to go home. It, it was a different go home for the match. It wasn't like this intense and like this crazy physicality and this 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 crazy like heated rivalry going into something. It was very lighthearted and very fun. But once again, they were like picking fun at us, you know, and like as they had mentioned time and time before that they're in their prime and we're not any longer. We're past yeah, they're, it. They're calling you a nostalgia. Of course. And them going out and then just mimicking us and making fun of it. I, I thought it was a, a, a greatly entertaining way to really set the table for the match at double or nothing. Plus you got to love Gangrel getting a big pop. I'm never going to be upset about that. That's always a good day at the office. As far as I'm concerned, who do we got here? Oh, we got Barty Hardy. Hello, Barty Hardy. How are you? You want to say hello? Say hi. Say loud. Say it loud. Hi. All right. Hi, Barty. I like Barty's haircut. Yeah. Mama made it for me. Oh, did she? <laughs> oh, you want to have some lemonade? I see. You like to drink all my lemonade. Hmm. This is my life with Barty. I make a, a drink and he drinks it all. <laughs> hey, that's enough. You don't need all that. You're young, growing. All right. Out of here. I got to finish up this podcast. I'll be free in a, I'll be free in a little bit, okay? Half up. Come on. Half up. All right, head out. No, we always yeah. love when Matt gets a chance to record from home because you never know who's <laughs> going to show up. Anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation, Vince oh, once said. Anything, anything can happen on the Hardy compound. <laughs> very much the case. All right, Matt, you ready to watch this match back? I'm very excited. Yes, let's watch the match back. All right, it is time for us to watch the match as we will see the Hardys take on the Bucks of Youth from Double or Nothing 2022. You don't got to worry about queuing up anything. We got it right here for you. Here we go. Amazing positive influence uh, for the Young Bucks. Young Bucks might not admit it, but I believe that to be true. They are hitting on you guys actually being a positive influence on the Young Bucks, despite what they want to admit. Yeah. Jeff is so committed to going out and slapping hands around the ring. I don't even know if you noticed. Uh, whenever we did, did double or nothing, thing, he was doing that again there over there, and he has to stop himself. Yep, like, I did notice that. I did. Like, the typically, end. kind of the, the heels in the match get out of the ring for us, Jeff. We're kind of like legends and shit. Like, Jesus Christ. He is oh, so committed to that bit. So here we go. Young Bucks versus the Hardys. Long time in the making here. How did you guys have had so many matches in the past? We watched one of them on this podcast. Uh, your matches with them had been heralded. The last time you guys had mixed it up prior to this was the ladder war, uh, an all timer, as far as I'm concerned. What kind of expectations did you guys put on yourself coming into this match? We we definitely had expectations uh, because it's one of those things too. We knew we we're going to have some time, and we definitely wanted to make it known or show the fans that we could still like hang with the guys that were in their prime. And that was kind of like, that was our goal here to make sure that we were still able to hang with these guys. Do you feel like your body's changed a lot in those five years between this match and the ladder war? Yes, uh, it, it has, it has. And there's some things that it has, it's just, once again, it's very weird. As you get older, it just like you just have to change things just to, to keep your body in a certain condition. Uh, and, and that's I'm constantly in a process of changing things. I actually had a lot of people that 
complimented uh, the stuff at Double or Nothing. And there's like, I've been doing a lot of balance training. It's crazy as that sounds, but I've been doing balance training because just like I had a long conversation with Randy Orton. He was talking about how messed up his body was just from doing the RKO over and over and over again. And, you know, I told him you can only imagine how my hips and lower back feel after all those leg drops and over all the years, but he was just talking about how bad his balance was that he didn't realize. And, and that kind of got me thinking, and I've, I've done more balance training than anything else recently. And it is, I feel like it's helped me on my movement and whatnot, and hopefully my flexibility. Like hearing that. Oh, look at this little tomfoolery from Matt Jackson. Yeah. Which once again, the, the bucks, they, they have to lean in that, you know, you see us going in with that double double and he just like holds on to that ropes. Uh, 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 not today. I mean, the, the, yeah. The, the bucks are going to be the bucks, man. And you have to realize part of the, part of the, their whole gig is tomfoolery. And that's one of the reasons they became so beloved is that they leaned into that. You think they're better heels or faces? I think they are really good as heels, but I think at that level where it's, <laughs> it's going to be hard for them with the way they wrestle, not, not to be cheered too. So they're, they're ultimately going to get to that point where they like almost need to be baby faces because of their, their style and their contributions to the industry. Nick Jackson doing the juke pop me big. And then there you go. You guys doing the young bucks posing though. Jeff's going the wrong way, Yeah, but, but that's a good way to get under their skin. And that's a unique little cutoff there. Uh, Nick tripping himself up out of frustration. And I agree. I mean, like, even in the very beginning, the story we're telling is just that, like, you know, these guys are a step faster and they are in their prime. And, you know, we're 31 years deep. And you could see where they showed they were a little quick, quick quicker than both of us. And they were super cocky. Uh, they were super confident in everything they did. And then that came the point where they, like, showed they were almost overconfident where Nick came in and busted his ass and tripped when he got a little frustrated. So that's, that's the story we told right off the jump. Like guys, like we're a step ahead of you, you know, and now we have to show that like, no, even though you might be a step ahead of us, we still have a lot of, you know, we still our our bag of tricks is deep and we will still beat your ass when it's all said and done. And I don't like using the term shine because I don't really believe shine is very much of a real thing, honestly, in wrestling. But it is a good way to get a little of that shine on the babies at first. And, and with the heels powdering out, having to rethink their strategy, it, I think that's just a good way to add a little intrigue to a start of a match. Because now the heels have to change their strategy. Like we just saw that cheap shot there from Nick. Yeah. Now Matt tags in and we're off to the races. And I, I love the fact that Nick went out and did that push on Brandon Cutler because uh, Brandon was getting cheered like crazy that night. He still, he gets from a lot of his bits. Whenever he did that gig, when they came out dressed as the Hardy Boys and he was wearing that thong underwear, Brandon got a, a huge pop. And yeah. people people love that shtick he did. Brandon Cutler wearing the whale tail was quite a sight. Yes. The whale tail was quite a look in the late 90s and early 2000s. So people oh boy. Uh, Was it not? <laughs> you get a little poetry here let's see lining up for it Ooh, he took a little too long i like that as a little cutoff here we go a little v-bomb on the way but oh yeah, some people call that the ego's edge oh not the way i do it it's not the ego's edge <laughs> And there's that young buck just playing the crap man that's one of the things that i always talk about you know, on my patreon wrestling according to alba we we do tape studies right. and 
that is such a important thing for any heel to do when you have a quick down moment in the match play to the crowd get your characters over get some additional heat you can get heat by doing move on to a baby face but it's really when the taunting kicks in that's when your character reaches that i mean look at these guys right now that's yeah. the synergy in that audience connection and and also this is i mean i i feel like that's when that's when it's the best when you when you have a, a hill out there that you're working against that the crowd is upset at and they're angry and they just want to boo and they they want to be pissed off, uh, and, and they're waiting on you to like punch them in the face and knock their teeth out, that's the best moments of the match. I mean, that's why we do this gig. One question I've had about this match that I've never asked you, and we'll, we'll see it come into play. So my thought is it was on purpose, but was Jeff's boot supposed to come undone here? Uh, no, 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 that was uh, that it, it broke. Oh. Those boots, those boots broke that night, and that's something that bothered him in the match too. As you can see, he's kind of messing with it a little bit. I mean, he was able to work around it fine, and I actually think it added a little intrigue into the match. Truthfully, yeah, that that is not something that was uh, predetermined or some sort of choreographed spot that was going to happen in the match. It was just his boot broke. It's interesting. I'd imagine the uh, the stomp on the step there. Mm-hmm. tell you this i did this the other night whenever i got that hot tag from hook i got that from undertaker i remember he did that and i thought it was so cool the old stomp on the step to try and get the crowd rallied behind you that i took that from the undertaker eric bischoff earlier on in some of our tag matches eric bischoff wouldn't be a fan of that according to eric bischoff if you're playing to the crowd as a baby face you're not actually over mm-hmm. so i don't think the hardies are over man sorry oh, or we're not Hardy's in the mud. They they don't they don't go bananas when we come out. No, Hardy's in the mud, man. Look at this, looking for Whisper in the Wind. Oh. Jeff rolls out. Yeah, because like here, Jeff goes up to the top rope for Whisper in the Wind. His boot, he's like trying to hold on to it and make sure that it stays yeah. in place, trying to get yeah, his foot. Yeah, yeah. His, his his boot is about to fall off. You're right. And he pulls it off, which is pretty damn impressive. I mean, you can see in the back, like his boot is all the way broken now because he just had like i want to say it was the strap that he had the couple top uh the top couple of straps done and they both broke so you couldn't have it attached that's what you get for having these fancy ass boots man i just got just i go very regular good hot tag here comes matt I remember when oh. I watched this live, I felt like the first half of the match was a little slower. But honestly, watching it back, I don't, I don't have that feeling. I think this has flowed really well. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like too. I mean, part of that, part of our storytelling, which was an important part of the match, is to give the crowd the vibe like the Bucks are both letting us know, like, hey, sure, you guys are legends, but we're like, we're step ahead of you guys. You guys can't hang with us now. That was the point of that, you know, beginnings of match. And I love the fact that Brandon Cutler gets the turnbuckles from the outside. He's like one of the best stooges ever in wrestling. Uh, he's good, man. He's great. I have a, I have a lot of appreciation for Brandon Cutler. Matt Hardy gearing up after those side effects, calling for the twist of fate. Looking for it on Nick. Pushed off, up and over. Here we go. Now it's time for the Young Bucks to do Young Bucks things, Matt. Yes, these are Young Buck things. 
This is where they're just different than anybody else. <laughs> Double birds from Jeff. Don't see that too often. No. It's not very Christian AF from Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Whoa. Didn't like that. Oh. I like it. it it's cool that you guys are almost mano a mano, right? You you mm-hmm. have answers for each other. And I think that's a fun way to tell this story. That's a great spot there. Jeff looked like he was going to go for a moonsault to the outside, but instead he gets super kicked off and falls onto both of you guys. Who's calling a match like this, Matt? Is this collaborative? Yeah, this was definitely collaborative. How are they in terms of putting matches together? Uh, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of their work. I'm a fan, fan of their mindset, too. You know, it's one time, I mean, even at the beginning, it coming to AW and sometimes doing stuff with the Bucks, I remember there were sometimes in matches like this where I was like, was that too much right there? But it's just, they've almost like, AW has pushed the envelope so much and they've kind of pushed the limits. You almost have to go more all out than you would do. I, I feel like if you watch a, a WWE match, you're not going to see as much as you would see in an AW match. And, and that's, I'm kind of like of that, old school mindset still in some ways, but I, I try and roll with and learn and understand their more new school AW techniques as well. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like you build up to like big moments and you, you milk it and get the most out of it. That you can, you know, a great match that we talk about because both guys were so over was like the uh, Sammy Zayn Roman Reigns match, obviously mm-hmm. because people were going nuts during that match and they didn't do a ton of stuff. They did a lot of great stuff, but everything meant something because people cared about the character so much. I mean, the Bucks are still incredible. They can go, 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 and I, I dig that. I, I feel like it's a challenge if I'm involved in one of their matches that has a ton of stuff in it, a ton of spots. And, like, this is one of those matches, too, that just shows they are so much more than their move set. They are so much more than their acrobatics. They know how to spread the story beats throughout the course of a match. They absolutely do. And like their their character stuff is so good. You taking a lot of the heat here. We saw Jeff selling quite a bit before. Now it's your turn to do some selling. Ooh. Well, miscommunication between the <laughs> brothers Bucks. Oh. See you later, Brandon Cutler. That didn't look uh it didn't look like that felt too good. Up and over. Whoa. A backdrop on the floor. It's a nice easy backdrop for you. I would much rather be the guy giving it than taking it. And I wouldn't want to be taking that side effect on the hardest part of the ring, Matt Hardy. Did you know that, that the apron is the hardest part of the ring? I've heard that a timer, okay. a timer 20. <laughs> All right, so a little double down spot here on the outside. Give people a chance to stir a little bit. Who uh, who started that? Who who started that? The apron is the hardest part of the ring. I couldn't tell you who started that, but I can tell you that I've heard it in just about every single match ever in the history of pro wrestling. It is a thing in uh in wrestling lore. I see it on every indie show I watch. Yeah, I'm sure. Now, see, I like this. We had the tease of poetry in motion before, and now we connect. 
cool camera shot there. You you like those turnbuckle cameras that AEW uses? I do. I just like the fact that they're different, unique. I'm down with it. Yeah, and kudos to Jeff here working with his boot totally broken. Catapult takes you out. Look at this. This is where the young bucks are just they are a freaking factory, man. They know how to manufacture these moments and these spots so fluidly. Ooh. And they are very good with that. They're so fluid. Let's go audio up here for a second. To Matt Jackson. Hardy taking that shirt off. Crowd reacting appropriately for them. Went for that swanton, but he moved. Nobody home on the swanton. And now Matt Jackson. Swanton works every time. But he hits somebody. It's a fake swanton from Nick Jackson. Matt covers. Love them stealing your moveset there. What do you think a sequence like that does in terms of helping you tell a story? I mean, it, it shows once again. I mean, they're they're trying to take the legends and, and rub their own finish in their faces. You know, it's something they'd done too with the whole Gangrel scenario. So, yeah, just to do that in the match, it was a perfect spot as far as storytelling goes. Did Jeff program that he was going to take his shirt off in that moment? Was that a pre-planned spot? Maybe. He, 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 he may have done it as a pre-blast spot just to make people think he was going to uh, hit the swanton. His odds were going to be greater. Ooh. Meeting of the knees. Here come the Hardys again. Double chin breaker. Oh. Super kick party. What's it like taking a Young Buck super kick? Uh, it can be hit or miss. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's hit. I think you'll see. I have a. I had a couple good hits here. I had a bloody mouth at the end of this super kick party. And now we're showing you guys trying to be resilient. You will not die. That plays into that promo that you were talking about. Uh huh. I think that's a great spot to help tell that the is story. Absolutely correct. Let's go audio it's up like, again. It's like, come on, bitches. Sure. See the blood coming out of Matt Hardy's mouth. That was almost daring than the kicking. High drama in Las Vegas. Yeah, man, he's, te- he's telling his brother to get up again. Look at this. Again. They're telling him to- they're daring them to kick him again. But how much can the Hardy brothers withstand? Oh. The covers. One, two. No! That's the heart of the Hardys. The heart they're showing. They're not finished. Jeff standing up out of that cell and then crashing back <laughs> down. Very Ric Flairian of him. Very, very Ric Flairian. I love that, man. Like, and there's going to be people who will critique that and say, oh, you're killing the finisher. You're killing the finisher. But, man, I love that. They've already killed off the super kick already. So. <laughs> But I just think, again, I I would much rather care about a storytelling beat than whatever move you're using. That means more to me personally when I'm taking in a match. And that whole segment there that you just did in that match, it's so easy to follow the right. element of that story that you're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about the crowd this night? I, I remember being happy with the crowd. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I thought the crowd was good. And it does seem like even from the couple times we went volume up, it sounds like they uh, they they sounded they sounded more loud than they did last Sunday at Double or Nothing this year. Mm-hmm. And oh. they felt like when we were out there and had our match, they sounded very good. This past week, they sounded good. They did. They sounded good live. Yeah, it didn't sound as good on TV after watching it back. Mm-hmm. Right, but go. I know that was, that that was a big uh, that was a strong topic of discourse. This yes, week. it was. It was. I'm glad to hear it was loud in the arena. That's what's most important, anyway. Jeff, going to the top here. We got Nick Jackson on the stairs on the outside. Let's go audio up again. Looking at my hair there. I'm on the verge of broken mat hair. Man. If I don't have that conditioner in there. It gets huge. That's Matt Jackson. That's right. If they do what I think they have in mind, do it. <laughs> Ooh the precision man yeah that was quite precise spike twist of fate one two kick out man there's an argument to be made that that could have been the finish there there is nick staggering but we got to go just one more time let's get out of this picture and picture there we go backslide Let's let the real workhorse of the Hardy Boys get the finish here. There we go, yeah. Side effect, twist of fate, another spike. I remember afterwards, Nick told me, he said, oh, my God, I can't believe you got it faster than me, and I was blown there. <laughs> he said, "Like he said, I, he said, how are you okay on that side effect? I did pop up pretty quickly. And Matt, now it's time to play the greatest hit, right? Twist Indeed. of fate, swanton combo. Perfect. One two three all right yay we did it we hung in there with the young guys i think a lot of people look at jeff going to the outside here knocking a guy's glasses off (laughs) (laughs) what was this his uh erratic behavior matt is that what's going on here yeah erratic behavior and circle back around in there yeah did you know he was gonna do this oh i did not very much, uh, very much at this point, he was still an unpredictable enigma. He still is an unpredictable enigma, but like, especially at this point, he was. I think he was just really enjoying the moment. This is his first really big match in a long time. Oh, no. I, I mean, I know he was. And he came right back. He said, I don't, it just felt right. He put yeah. Eddie Guerrero on me. He said, I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry we went heavy. It just felt right. He's a rock star, man. That's, that's how Jeff Hardy does it. Uh, man, I'll tell you what. I really enjoyed that match watching it back. I actually liked it a lot more watching it back than I did when it aired live. And I didn't dislike it when it aired live. But I think when you keep the story in context and you add in those little beats and moments, I think this match ages really well. What do you think of it? I think so too. Yeah, I think it does age well. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I I thought it was good. I was happy with it overall. And it kind of makes me excited to, to work with the young books again at some point. Yeah. I, I think you really have to watch that match back in a vacuum, like how we just did and see how you guys really did hang in there and look like you belonged in there with them. And this is when they're doing some of the best work of their career. You guys are in that sunset stage, but it doesn't show at all. 
And I, I think there was a really good dynamic between you that showed that you guys are so comfortable with one another. How did you guys all feel about the match afterwards? Uh, we liked it. Every, everybody was happy with it when it was all said and done. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think Dave gave this one? Um, I don't know. What, three and three quarter stars? Close. Gave it four. Okay. Gave it four. Uh, he said the Young Bucks were great in here, making this a very entertaining match and telling a story based on what the Hardys could do and building around their trademark stuff. How do you feel about that? I'll take that. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, four was the initial thing that popped in my head, and I said, I don't know. Maybe that's I'm saying too much. Maybe I'll, I'll downgrade just a little bit. Be, be a little more humble. Okay. No, yeah. man. I like this match a lot. I really do. And what's amazing about it is it would be Jeff's last match that he would wrestle in AEW for pretty much a year to the day. And right until he makes his comeback as we know this past yeah. year with the firm deletion and then his first actual match back right. this past weekend here uh lay it out for us matt what were the plans going to be off you guys beating the young bucks because we know that there was going to be a tag team title opportunity were the young bucks or rather were the hardys about to win those tag team championships coming out of this I, I think we're going to do that. And then we're going to try and go on a run and work with a lot of young teams. Mm-hmm. Now that we know that that's not what ended up happening. Uh-huh. How do you look back on all of this? Uh, well, I, I wish it could have happened and we could have seen what it would have been and whatnot, but uh, you can't change the past and you, you can't stay stuck on the past. You have to continue to keep your chin up and move forward. I am very excited to see what, we end up doing now the Jeff is in a, a much different space and in a much better place. Yeah. A few questions here. Ask Matt's so that I want to get in as we wrap things up here on the extreme life of Matt Hardy. Uh, Valerie, a girl wants to know, were there any plans to continue the Hardy's young bucks feud after double or nothing, like leading up to the tag team ladder match for the titles that you and Jeff were originally booked for? I, I think so. I think we're going to do somewhat of a program with the young bucks. Uh, Following that match, uh, obviously, we were already advertised for the triple threat ladder match, which was going to be for the titles, which w- would have seen us most likely crowned as the AEW World Tag Team Champions. Um, and we really wanted to get in the uh, two sweet or delete, like a cinematic match with the Young Bucks. That's something both myself and Jeff and those guys had wanted to do as well. So I don't know. Maybe that's something that, that can happen down the road or whatever. But it could have happened then, especially because they were like very much heels and we were very much baby faces at that time. So I think we would have you would have seen a, a couple more interactions with the Hardys and Young Bucks, but I think ultimately it was going to be the Hardys working against some younger teams, you know, in the months following that if we would have won the World Tag Team titles. That was exactly the question from Dylan. He says, does Matt still want to do a match with the Bucks at the Hardy compound? Yeah, yeah, we we still do. We're still fans of it. And I think he could go down as one of the, the greatest cinematic matches ever because, like, whenever we just – I feel like whenever I start talking with Matt and Nick and we start – throwing around ideas and everybody's being creative. It's, it's a great process. And I, I think it would be one of the more entertaining cinematic matches ever had between two very established teams. Uh, Lissy wants to know, this wasn't the first time the Hardys and the Bucks went at it. Would you say there was any differences in preparation for this match as opposed to the other ones? There was not a lot. This one, this one was, uh, I would, I would say the biggest stage we had ever been on, you know, so the preparation was, was pretty much the same. I mean, we, we know their stuff. Uh, they know our stuff, obviously. 
I, I feel like probably the, the biggest difference would just be that we are working a little bit of a, of a different style because it is taking place in AW and AW is very much a very wrestling centric, sports centric, spots centric type atmosphere and environment. So, so we knew we were going to have to like bust ass in this match because you, you have to work hard to, to please those AW fans. Two more questions and we'll wrap things up. Top guy, Bobby. Well, hell Bobby. He wants to know where does this storyline rank in your career as a tag team wrestler and why? I mean, I feel like we just have a long, continuous story with the Young Bucks more than anything else. You know, I, I feel like there's been the story of we were the inspiration and these guys wanted to mold themselves after the Hardy Boys, and they did. And then the question that kind of lingers around is like, did they exceed, you know, what the Hardys have done? Did they exceed uh, the Hardys as far as in-ring talent and, you know, quality of matches and star ratings and whatnot. And you know that there's, there's a case for that, but then once again, at the end of the day, the Hardys are going to be the OGs, you know? So like who really wins this rivalry when it's all said and done. And I, I feel like that's kind of like our story and it has been since day one. Uh, and, and that was still our story going into this match as well. And our last question, cause I know we're getting antsy there or at the compound, Tony Crouton bomb wants to know, you've mentioned before, you both had new gear made for this run, but since it was cut short, we never saw it make TV. Should we expect to see an updated look for the Hardys going forward with Jeff back in the fold? We, we just, we just started talking about that, which is, is very funny. And uh, this is a very funny side note. Yesterday when I was here at home, uh, myself and Jeff went to our dad's house where we grew up, obviously, which is across the street. And we were looking for a couple things. And I came across this huge box of spandex that I had that I was making our tights out of with all these crazy patterns. And I actually told Jeff, I said, you think people would trip out if we came out rocking the tights again? We were doing the crazy tights and with all the crazy patterns and with, with inspirational words on them and whatnot. And we, we both had a pretty good laugh about that. But we said, yeah, like we've talked about updating it a little bit. Jeff wanted to wear red for the pay-per-view. He yeah. had this red outfit that he wanted to wear and asked if I had any red pants. I said, I have those original uh, Matt Hardy version one since they have Mattitude pants and I, I rock those for the pay-per-view. So yeah, I, I think he's, he's up for doing it. And I think we do want to kind of update things as we go forward. Great stuff. This was really, really fun talking about this feud and watching this match. Learned a lot talking to you here on this episode of the extreme life of Matt Hardy next week, Matt, I promised everyone we would make it up to this guy because he's been cut twice based on our right. schedule changing. But next week we will talk about, one half of the WWE Unified Tag Team Champions, Mr. Kevin Owens, here on The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. What can people look forward to as we talk about your old pal, Kevin Steen? Uh, a, a guy who really exceeded all expectations, first and foremost. I mean, he, he's a guy that so many people downplayed and they didn't think he would become a star at the level he has become a star now. I mean, and looking back in hindsight, he was involved in one of the top rivalries in pro wrestling in a long, long time with his whole Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, bloodline deal with the Usos and Roman Reigns. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed my days from working with him and getting to know him in Ring of Honor Wrestling. And I had a match with him that I really, really liked a lot at one of the best in the world pay-per-views. Yeah, he, he's a guy who really had a lot of people that were non-believers and he made them believers. I would agree with that entirely. I think he's one of the best performers in all of wrestling today, and we'll be talking in long form about him next week. Though I got to be honest with you, Matt, uh, I'm truthfully not even sure if you are actually going to be 
my co-host next week because earlier while we were preparing for this podcast, I found another podcast co-host, as you see there. Oh, there uh, we go. Look at that. Baby took your spot. Uh, and I'd kind of rather do some episodes with her instead of you. So I just you might have to have a conversation, a difficult one. With all right, yeah. Baby, okay. Um, but of course, even whether it's Gothic Baby or Mad Hardy, you can team up with us here. Advertise with Hardy.com, promote your business to the extreme, get it in front of thousands of listeners and viewers every single week. This has been a great episode. Matt, anything else you want to add here? Uh, that's it. Well, good luck to you and Gothic Baby. We had a good run. <laughs> we did. The words have been spoken. We'll see you next week right here on the extreme life of Matt Hardy. <laughs>